so excited, so excited to share this episode with you. We had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Steve Caballero all about his brand new project, Urethane. Obviously, you'll recognize Steve Caballero from his amazing career in skateboarding. I mean, he has a trick named after him. He has the half cab shoe, which is just a legendary van shoe. So much success in the skateboarding world, but not only that, but success in the music world as well. He was in a band called The Faction, which he started back in the early 80s. And that band ran all the way up until just before the pandemic hit in 2020. So Steve talks to us about how he got into rock and roll music and punk rock, the first instruments he learned how to play, starting The Faction, those early tours with The Faction, and all about his brand new band, Urethane, how the band was formed, getting signed to the amazing record label, Cybertracks, and the full-length record Urethane is going to release called Chasing Horizons. We talk about the entire record, really, and the features that are on the album, some amazing features, Jim of Pennywise, Toby of the band H2O, and the music videos that are to come as well. You can watch our interview with Steve Caballero on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Steve Caballero and Urethane. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. I'm really excited. I've been a huge fan of yours for a number of years. I actually have a picture. My son uh, had a chance to meet you at a, a couple of years ago at the Clash at Claremont. There's a picture of you and him. Okay. Yeah. So really excited to, to, to meet you and, and chat with you, especially about your music career, which is really cool. Obviously, big into skateboarding, but uh, you have a really cool story as far as what I've been read, uh, read about the faction stuff. I'm really excited to hear about the new band. Yeah, it's uh, we actually called the faction quits um, right before the pandemic started. Did you guys play a show at uh, Belly Up, or didn't you jump on stage with somebody at the Belly Up towards the yeah, end? Yeah, that was uh, Mill and Colin. Oh yeah, Mill and Colin. That's what it was. Yeah, they're they've been friends of mine since '99. Wow, that's awesome. Well, I don't know if you mind touching on uh, the faction at all, since it is part of your story, but. Obviously, we'll talk a lot about the the new project you have. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, we always start off uh, where you you're born and raised in San Jose. Yes. What was that like? Um, what was San Jose like? Hmm. Um, I mean, it was cool. I mean, uh, we had a really good skate and punk rock scene back in the day mm-hmm. in the early '80s. Um. Used to travel to San uh, San Francisco a lot to go to mm-hmm. shows. Um, we had a couple skate parks there that were um, built in the late seventies um, that only lasted for about a year and a half or two, and then end up closing. And we had to build our own ramps and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, just to keep the scene going. Um, but you know, it was the start of skateboarding. It was the start of punk rock. It was the start of a a DIY revolution. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. That is amazing. Um, when when you started skateboarding, what, what drew you to skateboarding? Was it, were you into music first or did skateboarding kind of lead you into the punk rock 
<laughs> like area of your life. Cause I, for me, I was into skateboarding, but I got a lot of bands and learned about a lot of bands from skate videos. Yeah. I would have to say that skateboarding got me into music, you know, okay. um, got me into rock and roll first. Cause I, I was brought up on the East South side of San Jose, which was predominantly, you know, African-American and Hispanic. Mm -hmm. And we did not listen to rock and roll. <laughs> we listened yeah. to like soul, R&B, disco. So it wasn't until I went on to the other side of town where uh, it was not predominantly, you know, Hispanic. Sure, and sure. Um, and that's where the skate parks were. And that's where the locals were listening to rock. So after I got my membership, in the uh, probably around 77, um, I was introduced to um, the music the skateboarders listened to at skate parks, and that was rock and that was rock and roll. So what were uh, ACDC? Oh, ACDC. Okay. ACDC, Cheap Trick, Aerosmith. You know, I would have never ever even bothered with listening to those bands <laughs> un unless um, I wasn't connected with skateboarding. That's cool. You know, and then what? that. That quickly went into new wave and then from new wave it went straight into punk rock in the early 79 80 1980 okay what um what did you when did you start playing guitar um well i picked up the bass first okay and six months before we actually went into the studio um pretty much our first our first gig was 1982 we started the band around 1982 and was the faction the first band you were a part of yeah okay. that was that was a faction was a, a band that i basically formed from guys i met at the skateboard park that wanted to play music and we were at that time me and the singer named gap his name was gavin o'brien uh me and the singer and his brother were going to a lot of local punk rock shows at you know um um, just little little clubs here and there mm -hmm. in San Jose. And then we drive up to the San Francisco to go to the on Broadway and Bubuhe Gardens and and go watch bands that would play up in the city, which was the city was about an hour away from us. So mm -hmm. um there was local, you know, local local shows um in San Jose, but there were the the bigger bands uh would go to San Francisco. Okay. And just yeah. from going to shows that kind of gave you guys the bug to wanna do that and be a part of that. Culture. Well, I, w I was like collecting a lot of um, punk records. So I have a, I have a, like a lot of 45s from back in, in around, oh, 19, cool. you know, 81, 82. And there used to be this uh, little record store on Bascom Avenue um, that sold punk rock records. And it was called Dedicated Records. And on the wall, I saw this one record with the skateboarder skateboarding on a ramp. And the, the band members were sitting on the ramp. So I picked it up and it said JFA and I'm like, what is JFA? And then I saw it's, it was called, the band was called Jody Foster's army and they were from Arizona. And I just thought, you know, I'm going to grab this. These guys skate. They must sound pretty cool. And um, I listened to it. And then, so I just started wanting to uh, play music as well. And I go, if these guys could be in a band, you know, maybe I can form a little band myself. So I learned how to play the bass and, Learned a couple songs from different bands that I like, like Black Flag, Adolescence, Dead Kennedys. 
the Ramones. And then um, I just got together with some friends from the skateboard park and we, we started a band. Wow. And was it all self-taught? All self-taught. Yeah. I I think I took one guitar lesson before I picked up the bass and wasn't interested in uh, (laughs) what, what he was trying to teach me. I just wanted to play like bar chords and stuff. And I just figured that the guitar was super hard and and the bass was going to be a lot easier to play. So I picked up the bass. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started to learn how to play bass before I played guitar. And how many years did you play bass before you switched over? Um, well, let's see. We started the band in 82 and I didn't switch over to 1984. Oh, okay. So a few so, years there in the beginning. Yeah, two years. Yeah. And I would pick up the bass here and there. Um, and then, um, you know, I think I was, I think I was going to Japan on a, um, a trip with Rodney Mullen, uh, to do some demos. And I was listening to my headphones and my, my little Walkman and, um, I think I had the adolescence um, okay. in, in there and I could, I noticed there was two guitars um, on each ear and I was thinking, man, I think the band, the faction would be really cool if we had two guitars. So I ended up uh, asking our, our guitar player if I could switch to guitar as well. Um, and he said, yes. So we ended up getting a different, a different bass player. And then we became a five piece. So the first tour that we did around the U S in 1984, I played bass. We did like a, a little mini tour for a month and traveled all the way down from California, all the way to Florida, all the way up wow. to New York to play CBGBs all the way across to Colorado. Um, I played bass. My bass got stolen halfway through the tour. Our van <laughs> got broken into um, in Ohio. And I ended up not even buying another bass. I'm like, oh, I'll just get another one to get home. So I ended up borrowing a bass from either the, one of the headlining bands or one of the bands that opened before us, um, the whole rest of the tour. And then when I got home, um, I never bought another bass and I actually ended up buying a guitar instead. Oh, wow. Was it yeah. only your bass stolen or other pieces of equipment? Uh, my bass and two guitars. Uh, one of our guitars was broken in half from the the gig the night before because <laughs> um, the guys were moshed, like they were thrashing so close to us. They ran into our, our guitars and broke one of them. So two broken guitars and a bass. Oh my god! It, it was a good bass too. I was a 4,001 uh, Rickenbacker. Oh, wow. Was, yeah. I was super stoked on that bass and it got stolen. That's um, awful. Yeah. But um, the good thing is it, it, it got me to get a guitar and, and up playing guitar. And so we did another tour around the U S again in 85 and, and it playing CBGBs once again. Um, and I played guitar there and actually what was cool was JFA headlined that show. Oh, right. At, at, at CBGB. So it was cool. The fact that the band that got me interested in playing music, um, we ended up playing with them, you know, Yeah. did you tell them that story about how you found their record? Oh, I always tell them that. I always That's say, when so we ever, cool. whenever we played them. And what's <laughs> cool is the very last show that we've ever played with the faction last, you know, a couple years ago, um, uh, JFA played with us. As well. Really? That's so yeah. rad. That yeah, is they, rad. They opened up for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. When you did the first tour with, with the faction, had you been touring? Like, cause I know skateboarding, you'd tour, right? you you do demos all across the country and you talked about going to Japan and was that something you were already doing prior to the band starting or was your first kind of touring experience with the faction? 
I think my first touring expenses in, uh, uh, experience in a small van was with the faction. Oh, it was. Wow. Yeah. And I already had, I already, I, I was already a pro skateboarder since 1980. So people mm-hmm. knew me as a pro skateboarder. So when I went on tour in 84 and 85, there were skateboarders coming to our shows and wanting to just to meet me and, and invite me to their ramp or something. And that's, that's cool. that was kind of a cool thing because that got people excited about the band and want to come see the band. So it definitely helped hype up, you know, the faction where people would never even want to come see a show or, 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 or know who, who the faction was. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was in it, a pro skateboarder was in it. Um, it attracted people. So um, I met a lot of other skateboarders um, in that time. In 1984, we stayed at a bunch of uh, people's houses. Um, I remember our first tour in 1984 was really cool. We, for some reason, people always wanted to to hang out and talk to us after the show, and we'd always ask them, "Hey, is you guys have a place for us to stay?" You know, and they would always offer. And so we we pretty much got away with staying couch surfing the whole tour, except for one show in I think. Colorado where it was canceled. We didn't know anybody in the town and we had to get a hotel. Wow. We, we got away with uh, <laughs> sleeping on people's couches and floors uh, for a whole month straight. That's rad. Yeah. <laughs> um, I and did it, read something about, sorry, I didn't need to cut you off. Yeah. Uh, I was nope. going to say, um, I did read that you guys recorded what the, the first recordings of the faction was done at your house. Is that Right. You, um, well, we recorded track? some dem- we recorded some demos and stuff, demo tapes. You know, um, that that got you know, you know, people interested in wanting to play play us on the radio. You wow. Know? So we recorded stuff because there was there was back in you know, the early '80s there were small radio stations like uh, City College radio stations mm-hmm. that would that would play punk music. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't hear punk rock on like a major radio radio station. You know, so it was all the college stations that would play um, the underground type, you know, music. That's cool. And what was it like recording in like a, a legitimate studio for the first time? When did you guys do that? Um, we did that at Tom Mallon's studio in San Francisco in 1980. I want to say 82 or three, uh, 83. Okay. Yeah. And we recorded so still pretty our early on record. in the band. Yeah. And I'm, like I said, I remember I was in the studio and I hadn't even been playing for six months and we were in the studio recording an EP, a six song EP. And that was called Yesterday is Gone. It's a little 45. Um, And that was at a studio, you know, in San Francisco, Tom Allen's. Was it intimidating doing that for the first time, being so new to the instrument? It was, I mean, you know, definitely, it it definitely, um, you know, you could actually hear all your mistakes and you had to play everything perfect. So, um, but you know, since then I le- I've learned a lot, played in a lot of studios and recorded in a lot of different bands. And, um, you know, it's always a, a new learning experience going into a new studio and being in this new band. Um, I've, I've experienced some new stuff as well. Like, you know, hiring a, 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 a high class producer to, to record your record for you mm-hmm. and, um, that changes the dynamic a lot. And it really, um, a, a producer that really cares about your project is going to really work you and make sure you play everything perfectly. So the end product is, is amazing. Yeah. The record is awesome. I had a chance to, to hear it. Jen sent it to me and I'm 
was oh, totally even listening to it earlier today. I really love it. It's really, Thank really you. good. And I, I'm curious to know, because I did read that you guys had started the band during this pandemic, right? It started after the pandemic started? Or is that true um, or not? I think it, yeah, I guess it started right, uh, almost right before it. You okay, know, right well, well, I guess I mean, maybe, maybe it was a little bit after because, um, you know, I want to say when our record gets released, September um, uh, 24th is my, one of my very first Instagram posts uh, talking about the band. Really? So we've only been together only, only a year, not even wow. a year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you had just wrapped up the faction. You said that you guys kind of called it quits there towards the end of what, 2019 or 2020 or beginning of 2020? 2020, yeah. Um, we played one last show in San Jose. Um, That's cool. You know, and I was already kind of jamming with another band um, for a while. Um, we were a three-piece and we were looking for a singer. And that's kind of how I found Tim, our singer for Urethane, mm -hmm. was we were trying out singers. And, you know, I'd been jamming with this band uh, for about a year prior. And we had about 10 songs. And it was about, about ready for me to, like, say, hey, let's, 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 let's try to play some shows or let's just try to, you know, and this is before the pandemic, and, and let's get a singer. And so um, Tim tried out. And he, he sent me a demo tape and I played it to the band and they were, they were just not interested. And I just was really like curious of like why they didn't, they didn't really want to have Tim be in the band. And they basically said that he just didn't fit their, fit the style of music. So mm -hmm. I figured that I was like, well, that, that wasn't the response that I was expecting because I was really excited about Tim and I was really excited about how he sound. And, and um, so that made me think about, where I was and that was the fork in the road that I always talk about where I had to make a choice to to lead this band that I've been jamming for about a year and start this whole new project with Tim our singer and my heart went with Tim and I, I told the guys I'm leaving the band so I, wow. I left a major project to to start with Tim and and hindsight and and moving forward almost a year later I, I'm happy with the decision that I made because I you know, I, I had my heart set on on doing a, a musical project with Tim. I just loved his voice. I loved the, the style of uh, songs that he wrote, and I felt like we could work well together. Yeah, I mean, the product is amazing. How Thank did you, you How did you get together with uh, the other members of the band? Because they're also in in other other bands. You know, they've got stuff going on, Bomb Pops, and uh, yeah. So so Dylan, what used to drum for the Bomb Pops, and Chad is a singer for skip jack who's mm -hmm. been around san diego for many right, years right. yeah and uh so urethane started out as a three-piece as well and oh, we wow. played yeah so we played about four months uh just learning learning songs and pretty much playing a lot of uh songs that tim had written and um once again i was like listening to you know, um, some music. And I just, I was thinking, man, I think the band would be so much better if I could play guitar. Um, it would just enhance the, enhance the band. And plus I, I just have a love for guitar as well. Were you playing bass? Sorry. To... I was playing, I was playing bass. Okay. In, in thing, and, you know, I, I just wanted it, it to be small and a uh, tight knit thing. And so once I've, once I decided to go with Tim, um, I ended up, 
uh, asking Tim if he knew a drummer and he found one and that was Dylan. So we had a cup, we practiced with him. Um, he worked out really well. We had a couple practices actually at my house as well. Um, that didn't last too long. Cause it, uh, then I, I think it was it'd be a little too loud for the neighbors, you know? <laughs> sure. Um, so we ended up getting to practice place and we were just like practicing. And then I just got this wild hair of like playing guitar again. And so I approached him four months into this project and I said, Hey Tim, um, you know, I really want to play guitar. And he's like, really? He's like, no way. I can't believe that you're asking me this because he goes, you remember my friend Chad I brought to practice? I'm like, yeah. He's like, he really wants to be in this band like bad. I'm like, well, if you, if you know him and you trust him, um, he's in, he's in, you know? Wow. So Chad joined the band four months in and I swear after the first practice, I think it was about a week later, um, he brought to the table, he said, Hey, um, I, I'm friends with guy, uh, these people who run this record label called Cybertracks, uh, Jen and Hefe from no effects. Mm-hmm. And they really like Tim's demo tape and they want to record us and make a record. So I'm like, no way, let's do it. You know? So, um, yeah. So Jen and, and El Hefe gave us like, uh, three months to prepare, uh, 12 songs to go into the studio. So we worked our butts off to, to learn all the rest of the songs that, you know, Tim wrote and also Chad had brought a song to, and we wrote one, you know, uh, within that time. Um, so we were ready to go in, you know, 10 months after being, you know, together and, and recorded an, an album. You know? Wow. Wow. I, I love Jen and Hefe's. I mean, their label is great. The bands that they have and yeah, I, yeah, they're they're amazing people. But I'm I'm curious to know. So how did you had met Tim and you know grabbed him when you were in that other band? And when did COVID happen? And how were you able to continue? <laughs> like, did that happen after? And you guys kind of formed the band in the midst of the the pandemic, or where where timeline was? Well, where did that happen? Um, I think it was pretty much within that that same time that okay. that uh, um. Cause like I said, uh, it was, it was, uh, September, October. Um, it was about, it was about September. And when, I'm not really sure when, when people started cracking down on the whole COVID thing, Okay. but I want to say it was around the same time. Same time. Uh, Cause I remember when I very first, we very first had our, our practices with Dylan. He was always wearing a face mask. So I never even really knew what Dylan looked like. <laughs> You know, because he would always show up to practice with a mask. With a mask on. You know, so we we were in a pandemic at that time. You know. Wow. Yeah, and you know, and and it wasn't like we were worried about playing any shows because there was nothing really going on. So we we're just like, hey, let's just get together and you know, and 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 write some music and 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 form a band. And within this whole pandemic, we were able to have the the time to do that, and no one was focused on try to try to practice to play live we practiced to record an album and that's mm-hmm. how we came up with the album so quick you know we 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 diligently practiced twice a week and and really concentrated on on uh these songs were already set in stone um as far as what tim had but then we kind of added our own flavor um to them um and rearranged them differently um as a as a as a band and then even when we went into the studio, we went into the studio with a set of songs. But after three weeks of being in the studio, we came out with completely different songs where 
when I came to practice again after becoming in the studio, I had to relearn all the guitar parts I wrote in the studio because I didn't know them. You oh, because you guys were working on the record and just kind of writing stuff there. Yeah. So as we were, we were, we were recording, I was writing riffs on the back couch with acoustic guitar um, while they were doing laying down tracks. I was writing riffs. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, it's so you cool. had to go what, back and listen to it and then try to figure out what you did? <laughs> yeah, because when we went back to practice, I just went back to playing the basic stuff I already knew how to do. And, and I had to actually listen to the recordings to to learn the stuff that I lay down in the studio. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so when you when you guys linked up with Cybertrax, um, how, how did that happen? Like, I mean, obviously they heard Tim and they wanted to get involved and then what they set you up with the producer or well, that, did you, did you guys have to get to find the producer? Like how did, how did that whole uh, part come together? Well, that was Chad. I mean, Chad was the one who found uh, Cybertrax to okay. want to release the record. And once we had a zoom call with them, there was talks of different producers. And to be honest with you, I've never worked with a high high class producers. So all the producers they were talking about, I really didn't even know who they were. Okay. You know? I mean, if anything, I knew Bill Stevens from the descendants, you know, <laughs> um, that he produced, you know, some stuff, but I never uh -huh. heard of Cameron Webb, you know, until they showed me the list of records that he had recorded and produced. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I like some of those albums. So yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be amazing. If he, if he made these albums with this, these bands, you know, Alkaline Trio and Pennywise and Social mm -hmm. D, Motorhead, um, Strung Out, you know. Um, yeah, if, if, he, if, he, if he recorded these records, you know, um, I, I knew that he was going to do, a, do a uh, wonders job. with ours. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. And then so, you know, I, I was a little like curious of, of working with producer because I, like I said, I'd never been in a situation where I went into the studio and recorded a record for three, three weeks straight. I mean, mm -hmm. anything that I ever recorded was done in two or three days, you know, full punk rock style, like really right, quick, right. get in there, do it, you know, mix it ourselves with the, with the engineer. Um, but um, it was a whole different experience with Cameron, you know, and he's a great guy. You know, we, we, we got along really well. We worked well together um he's definitely i would add him as our fifth member of the band okay. uh, as far as like if we ever record another record i would love to go to cameron because he knows the way we write he knows our style of music and he just has a really good ear for recording you know he can tell if something's off if um first time i ever recorded with an uh, engineer that said hey you got to play that over and i'm like why he's all because i heard you bend bend the note a little bit and I'm like, wow. whoa, like you heard that? And he's like, yep. And, you know, so, you know, it was a, like, a, it was a really unique experience. And I think, you know, and we, and still going into the studio and recording, I don't even know these guys very well. You know, I've only <laughs> known these guys for 10 months or, sure. or, or at least Chad for, for five months, you know, and I had just met Dylan and just met Tim. So I've been learning, you know, get, you know, learning to work with these guys and also getting to know them at the same time, you know? Um, but the fact that they are established musicians, um, I think it works well when you have people that, that know how to play an instrument and have done this, this routine before and they're cool guys that you can really um, 
put something special together and, and uh, we just have a really good connection. And, you know, like I said, I'm still getting to know these guys and, mm-hmm. and, and knowing my boundaries, uh, uh, you know, of how to, how to act around them and, you know, <laughs> and obviously they have a lot of respect for me because they know me from skateboarding and, and, sure. and they're big fans of skateboarding, but you know, it's, any any band situation, it's a touchy it's a touchy thing. There's a lot of egos. There's a lot of relationships. There's a lot of communi- communication. How you how you present yourself. How you speak mm-hmm. to people. You know um, how you try to formulate a creative process without stepping on someone's toes or or, or hurting someone's feelings of like, hey, I don't like this. I think it would sound better if it sounded like this. Maybe you shouldn't play it that way. You know. Um, it's 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 a difficult thing, you know. Yeah, because um, it's yeah, their art or what they are playing, they 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 are made you know passionate about it, and you're like, yeah, you know that. Let's not go with that. It could be crushing to some, you know. You have to have kind of some thick skin. You do, um, and I know that they respected me a lot, so I knew they listened to me a little bit. But I didn't want to use that as like a crutch or or something like to gain some like control of the band. Mm-hmm. I just want to let them know that, hey, I, I'm like an even member here. And if there's something that you think that you can disagree with me, you know, um, but I care about projects a lot. I care about creative things and I have a lot to say and I, I know what I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope that they trusted me, you know, um, it, it's the same as like, you know, leaving that band that um I was in for a year, like, you know, I, I knew I loved Tim's voice. I knew I loved the songs that he was writing enough to leave this band. And that was my voice of saying like, okay, you guys don't want to go this route one going this way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that, that's how, you know, um, serious and how much I care about the projects that I'm in and I just want them to be the best thing ever. You know, everything that I, I am a part of or anything that I want to create and show people, I want to do the best job I can and and with the best people and cut the drama out and just be professional. And let's, let's get, let's do this. Let's get it done. And I feel like, you know, um, we have a great connection with this band so far. You know, I mean, we've got, we've come a long way and I think it has a lot to do with our experience and the people that we know and um, all our connections. Um, I've been using every connection that I've ever <laughs> created since, you know, I got into skateboarding. So I have 40 years of experience of people I know, you know, and same with all these other guys, they know a lot of people in different areas. So we just use our um, connections pretty much to, to get where, what we, where we've gotten, you know? Yeah. And, and you have some huge features on the record. I mean, to get Jim of Pennywise and you have, um, yeah. Toby of H2O is on the album. Like talk to me well, about getting, getting those people to, to contribute to the record. Well, I thought it would be kind of cool. Um, and just to add something really cool to the record is to have some invited artists, um, help create a buzz and, and a hype to it. Mm-hmm. And Toby, I mean, he owed me because I, I had uh, appeared on one of his his last albums and I went and recorded on the song Skate, 
it was the second track on their their last album and i even recorded a music video with them as well um at the van skate park so i already had participated in his band so i was like okay this guy's gotta do something for our band <laughs> and so he couldn't say no <laughs> he, had a he owed you a favor <laughs> he had a favor to do um so that was an easy one the okay. hard one was jim jim was the one that was like um um not hard to convince but hard to like wonder if, if he's actually going to want to do this and i've known jim uh, for a long time, just being on the Vans Warp Tour. And mm -hmm. I've played with Pennywise a few times, hopping on stage with them. And I do this uh, collective, this uh, punk rock and paintbrush collective. Yeah. And he's part of the book that we just released um, uh, for punk rock and paintbrushes. And we've done some photo shoots together. And I've just, you know, I've made friends with Jim over the years um, to the point where um, I was able to ask him, you know, um, if he would like to appear on one of our records um, or one of the songs. And he had actually had worked with Cameron as well. So Cameron knew him as well. So, you know, um, yeah, we asked and he said yes. And, and so he was en ended up able to, to lay a track down, you know, on one of our songs, which is really cool. And, and the coolest thing is the fact that um, Jim has actually admitted that he actually likes our band a lot. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good thing. I think maybe that's the reason why he did it, you know, uh, versus just doing a favor for us. But um, he just he's into what we're doing. And I've talked to a lot of musicians that I've met and I've I've just shown them the album and I've showed them some songs like uh, Nicola from Mill and Colin, mm -hmm. uh, Mike Coretta from MXPX, um, you know, who else? Um, Jason from Strung Out, Jim from Pennywise. And I've just just been shooting these these songs to them to see what they think. And we've been getting a lot of great feedback from these guys, you know? So, and it's cool because I, I know these guys personally and the band doesn't. So when I, I text these guys and I get the response, I immediately screen grab and send it over to the band and go check out what Jim says, or, you know, check out what Nicola from Mill and Colin says about the songs, you know, and they get super hyped. So I, was I just say, like, they're probably yeah, super shook on that. Like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause for me, growing up as a fan of all those bands, I would be like ecstatic if I knew they liked what I was doing musically. No, su super cool. So, I, you know, and to the point where like um, I had like uh, this event I did at Carrie Hearts and Pink's and I, I remember I had to leave the studio um, one of the days we were recording to go do this event there. And, and I, I had Pink give a little shout out to um, the guys in the band and let That's them know awesome. that I was safe. Cause I was riding motorcycles there at their house, but let them know that I was safe. And that, that, um, she was just, you know, I said, can you say hello to, you know, Chad and Dylan and, and Tim and just, just wish them well on the record. And, um, so I got to send that to them. They were, they were pretty hyped. That's rad. Yeah. I love that. That's so rad. So the, re and the records coming out in September. September 24th is um, the release. We, we've already released one single mm -hmm. called Gravity. And the video is out too, which is, is a dope video. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So that one, that was cool. That video came about with um, this friend of our, our singer, Tim. His name is Mario. He's done some local stuff around. He's in a band as well. 
we ended up recording that one at one of my old teammates, um, Mike McGill's um, rentals in Encinitas. Mm, okay. um, he was fixing up a um, the tops the top story, two story rental, and it was the top story was empty, and I asked him if I could use that one day to record a um, a music video. <laughs> That's awesome. And he said, "Yeah." And so we recorded it there, you know. That's awesome. So that that's the one that's out. And then you're releasing Wyoming, what, in a couple of days now? And on Wednesday. And we have a, a really cool video being produced. And I should be done tonight or tomorrow um, where a friend of mine from Spain, he's, an, he's a 3D animator, um, has been working on this video for at least probably about a month or almost a month and a half or two. Um, animation of, wow. of, of for for the song wyoming so um that's gonna be really neat that'll be cool i can't wait to see it are you guys in it is it gonna be animated steve in there yeah oh that's <laughs> awesome <laughs> animated tim animated dylan animated chad and it's based off it's based off this toy that this japanese guy made um of me and so we use that as the start of my character and okay. then i just sent um my friend Victor from Spain, um, pictures of the rest of the guys, and he he animated them and 3D animated them into uh, characters. When you see a still of it, you think mm-hmm. it looks like a, a toy. You think it looks like a, a group of toys. Um, so it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. You guys should release the toys. I know. I mean, that would be sick merch. <laughs> <laughs> like a little <Yeah>. set. <laughs> I know. Well, I I'll can't wait to, to see that my, video. My that, toy connections there. Yeah, that song is a is a rad song on the record too. Thank is, you. It, yeah. Doesn't it? It kicks off the album, right? Yeah, that's the opening track. So Wyoming is the opening track um, for uh, Chasing Horizons, um, and so we're gonna try to release one more single right before. I, mean, I think at the day before the the album hits, and then right. we actually and en- ended up gonna. Uh, record or film um, a music video with um toby from h2o oh cool uh, for another song um for him, the song that he fe- he's featured in yes oh, okay cool and that that song is called avalanches so that will be that video will probably come out um already after the album is released but it's going to be filmed by the same guy that did our first video mario rad yeah and are you guys doing a tour? Are you, are you playing some festivals I, I did see? Um, we're playing a couple cool festivals. One's Punk Rock Bowling. The yeah, that'll one be a, the one in Vegas, right? That's the Vegas one. <laughs> yeah, that's a three-day event. There's another three-day event we're playing in Redondo Beach called Beach Life. Oh, cool. Is that a, new, that, is that a new event? I haven't, I haven't heard um, of that one. It's the second year it's happening. Okay. And we're actually playing on the Speakeasy stage. And that we're going to be playing acoustically. Oh, wow. Have yeah, you done that before? So, no. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous at all for acoustic? Not really, because a lot of our songs were written on, on acoustic guitar by our singer. So he's already pretty much got them down. You know, it'll just be us trying to put that, that together acoustically. You know, um, I think it's fun. I think it, ta- it changes the di- dynamic of the music once again. Mm-hmm. And it really gets us a chance to real, really hear our vocals and, and, and learn how to harmonize better with each other. Um, but I, I, I've been listening to a lot of punk rock 
bands from the 90s re-release their songs acoustically. I don't know if you know. Oh, like um, like Face to Face did that, right? Yeah. They, yeah, they did a rad version of that, their song. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Face to Face is one of them. Rise Against um, is another one. Oh, yeah, they did. Um, also, Al- Alkaline Trio. Mm-hmm. Um, Strung Out ha- has done one. Um, and one of my favorites is um, Tony Sly from No Use for Name and Joey, oh, yeah. Joey Capes uh-huh. um, from Lagwagon. Unwritten uh, Law did one. Yep. They did one on Cybertracks, actually. Oh, they did? Yeah, their, that, their acoustic record came out on Cybertracks. Okay. So, you know, eventually I would love to put out a whole uh, acoustic album as well. Um, That'd be cool. In, in the future. Um, but I've been listening to, the, to that, and I, I just really love the way it kind of changes the, the dynamic of the, the song. And there's been some songs acoustically that I've heard from other bands that I actually like them acoustically rather than hearing them plugged in, you know, cause I, I first heard them acoustically. And then when I heard them plugged in, I'm like, Oh, I love the acoustic version better. Right. You know? Yeah. There's something about it. Like they say, if you can play a song like on a guitar and a campfire, yeah. it's like, he knows it. And I think Jim is working from Pennywise is working on one as well. It should be released pretty soon too. Rad. Are yeah, you doing so. Pennywise songs or new stuff? I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure what, what it is. That's cool. Um, but yeah. So, so Jim is the one that put together the speakeasy stage at beach fest. So that's how I got on that as well. It's like, oh, okay. I heard, I heard through Emily from punk rock and paintbrushes that we were going to show some art there at this festival and Jim's putting together, you know, has as part of it. And so I said, hey, is there any way that we can get urethane on this festival? He's all, well, the bands that are playing are not really hardcore punk, you know, type style bands or more, you know, family oriented. But I have this acoustic stage. If you guys want to play acoustically, you can play. So, wow. I'm like, yes, we'll do it, you know. And so we got on the bill. That's awesome. And yeah. then you guys, uh, you're doing some shows with Dead Kennedys too. Yeah, we have a show with Dead Kennedys. We have a couple shows with Asian Orange. Um, we just got a, a couple shows with Strung Out, and then one uh, we're going to be playing at uh, the Soma with with Pennywise. Oh, cool! Yeah, so, so a lot of stuff. That's awesome. And we just played uh, last weekend with Guttermouth. Oh, I saw that you Big did that Bear. one, Big Bear. How was that yeah. show? That was great. That was our first our first official show, pretty much. Was it really? Yeah. Was that the first time you had played to people? And I mean, aside from this band, since everything shut down, pretty much. I mean, we played um, a couple months prior to that to um, like a benefit show for a, a friend of ours that passed away. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like up at Alpine, up you know, up, oh, okay, up down San Diego area. Yeah, like Southeast San Diego. Southeast, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of a small little bar up there. We we did a little um kind of like a like little show there uh, with a couple bands. But I I, I want to say that this first show that we did at Big Bear was actual uh, a real show, you know, with a stage and lights and and a bar and everything. You know, what was the energy like? People probably it was going, great. Probably going wild. I mean, maybe their first show in a year and a half. No, for sure. It was it was good. It was a good vibe and and um. You know, it it got it gave us a chance to 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 know what it's like to be on stage with each other and and so you know there's always it's always a learning new learning experience and what what we need to remember what we need to do to make each show better and better you know 
I love it. Well, yeah. and what about, are you having a chance to skate lately? Um, I was supposed to actually go skating <laughs> right now, right now, but I, <laughs> but I got to talk I, to this I, idiot over Zoom. I remember that I had to do this Zoom call <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I better not, not go skate and I better just sit here and, and uh, take care of the Zoom call and then maybe oh, go well, skate. I appreciate that. We, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go here in a second and you can go skate. Uh, you're in San Diego. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I live in Carlsbad. Okay. I just actually, it's funny. My family and I, we just moved to Nashville from San Diego. I born and raised there. I grew up there and, you know, clash at Claremont, all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. yeah, we just moved out to, to Nashville. We love it here, but uh, San Diego is always, always home to me. That's cool. Well, I, I didn't make it down South until 2014. Oh, really? Were you yeah. up in LA or Huntington? Uh, I was or born, born and raised in San Jose. Uh-huh. And you just stayed in San Jose? Stayed in San Jose, San Jose Campbell area for, okay. you know, most of my life. And then um, decided to move down here and, you know, spend the rest of my life um, in Southern California. But I, you know, I pretty much lived up in NorCal for 49 years. Really? Well, yeah. I didn't realize that you're up there for that long. I, li- I worked up in San Francisco for a little bit uh, on the radio up there. And then I was in San Diego on the radio at 91X for a handful of years. And now I'm yeah. here in, in Nashville, <laughs> but yeah, I love San Diego and um, that's awesome that you're there now. Very cool. And thank you so much, Steve, for doing this, man. This is really, it's been rad. I really appreciate your, your time. Oh no, you're welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. I have one more question for you and then you can go yep. skate. Uh, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, any advice? Um, I would just say, you know, for inspiring artists, just, you know, just follow your heart and and play what you want to play and, and just keep practicing and, and, and be, you know, become the best musician that you can and just hook up with, with, with people that you feel comfortable with that, you know, you can work with, um, especially when you're starting a band. Um, it's easy to, it's easy to play an instrument by yourself, but when you're learning to have a relationship with other people and working with other people, um, that's where it gets kind of rough and, and you have to be open-minded and you have to give and take. And, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough, you know, I've started, I try to start some bands with other people that I liked and they were friends of mine, but we just didn't work professionally, you know? So, um, and just, you know, don't always wait for other people to take care of things for you. Just, just be a go-getter, you know? And when you have a bunch of go-getters in a band, you get somewhere, you know, but if you're always waiting around for someone to, to do something for you, it's just going to take longer for you to get to where you want to be. So I would just say, you know, be positive and be a go-getter and, and get things done. Like if you talk about, Hey, you know, cause sometimes there's people in bands like, Hey, you know, it'd be kind of cool if we had t-shirts. You know, and then it and it just leaves it like that. It's like, well, the guy that's saying, "Hey, I think it'd be kind of cool to get have T-shirts," should be the one researching that and making it happen. You know, so I would say, if you have an idea, go. You know, stick with it and go for the idea. Don't wait for the people to do stuff for you. <laughs> <laughs>